I've been over here singing Grandma Got Run Over by a Reindeer on mute for like five minutes. And I don't know why. Um, I don't know. Sorry I missed out on that. Shouldn't give a license to a man who drives a sleigh and plays the bells. I don't know. Welcome, everyone, to the CapsCorner.com podcast, CapsCorner.com, your source for Virginia sports. I am Brad Franklin, publisher of CapsCorner.com, coming to you live from the place of Franklin States in the west end of Richmond, where it is Wednesday, October the 19th. The Cavaliers are coming off of, um, don't people, there are some people get frustrated if you call it a bye week, right? They were idle last week. They didn't have a game, um, but they were, it was the bye week. Um, so they're coming off their bye week. Um, I mean, I don't know. You can sometimes talk about like how if a team, if a if a bye week came at the right time for a team, and oh, did it come at the wrong time? I mean, I think when you're struggling as much as UVA is struggling, um, you welcome all the time you can to fix it at any point. Um, but they don't get the full two weeks, so to speak, because they have to get on the road, head to Atlanta, Bobby Dodge Stadium Thursday night. Um, as you listen to this, that is this evening um, against Georgia Tech, a team that is kind of going in a different direction. Um, since it's coaching change earlier this year. We will no doubt be dicing this thing up. Before we get started, let's go around and introduce everybody. First up in Fishersville, uh, board moderator du jour, David Spence is on the show. How's it going, my friend? It's going pretty good. I mean, 24 hours an hour from now, that might be a different story. But um, <laughs> yeah, doing pretty good tonight. Who days on the board at who days on Twitter. And in Charlottesville, editor-in-chief Justin Ferber is also on this here program. How's it going, my dude? Well... Uh, I made about every wrong choice a middle-aged man can make. I uh, pissed away all my money, believe it or not, and I uh, chased off anyone who ever loved me. And lately, I uh, can't stand the face I see in the mirror. At Justin underscore Ferber on Twitter. Cavs Corner also on Twitter. Cavs underscore Corner. Great, That's gonna great, be really weird for people that don't know what I was doing. Great, great place for the in-game updates, content items, and occasional Woody banter. What was that? What is that from? That is from Al Pacino's inches speech. From oh, okay. Your Al Pacino is real bad. Okay. But oh, I can no. I can get into no, it. No, that's you, really I mean, it's yeah. it's okay, Chris Ryan. You're fine. Um oh, no. I can't do it as good as he can. No, he that's a he, if anybody out there, Chris Ryan does an incredible uh, and, and basically if I tried to do one right now, it would be basically me doing Chris Ryan doing, doing that, Al Pacino. Yeah. But that's not what the people uh came for. The people came for um UVA sports talk. I I I think you could have you could have sat there for a good two hours before I even realized that that's what that was, and I don't well, know why. That's why that's why I feel like, and we can talk about this or not. Don't don't care. But like uh, the interest speech, like there's it's great performance by Al Pacino, but like there's some stuff in the middle there. What basically what I was just reading that has nothing to do with football at all, and it's like oh, like this this got really dark. Like <laughs> like I wonder what like the players, the you know the UVA players are thinking like when they get to that part of the speech. <laughs> oh man what a what a yeah um all right let's uh all right let's do this I, i'm not gonna I'm, I, I promised myself i wasn't gonna get into the um ace ventura uh, b- uh bait here i wasn't gonna do it so much talk about f- uh, football movies we're not gonna do it <sighs> i'm gonna hold it in okay um on the actual football, t- on, on the actual football field, Virginia obviously has a game at this point tomorrow night. Dave mentioned twenty four hours from now. Hopefully, twenty four hours from now, we we have a much better sense of where this team is headed. Um, you know, yeah, it, it's like Schrodinger's uh, <laughs> game because if that's the case, it might be headed <laughs> in the direction we don't really want it to. Um, I I kind of feel like and then what we said before the Louisville game I exactly. Mean, I was getting ready to say I I kind of feel like you know it's like Groundhog Day, right? It's like every day is the same. Um, and it feels like you know we're all just sort of waiting around, you know, 
just waiting around for if they lose tomorrow the narrative becomes well now they've got four straight at home to try to salvage yes. everything so there's, there's yeah stuff. you can you can write your you can write your your headlines um ahead of time now i listen i i think that as this one sort of hovers the question is not necessarily just what did they use the week off for um i i think the question is the what the little tiny bits of progress we've seen are they going to multiply because I genuinely don't think that it's just one thing or another. Um, we've talked a lot on this podcast these last few weeks about not just what are the problems. We've talked about like, you know, how to fix them and stuff. But I think ultimately what it comes down to is, and this is simplistic, but it's just the truth. Like a lot of stuff will be fixed when guys start playing better. I mean, that's the long and short of it. Like even if the plays that are being called are not the right plays, if they did them better, it wouldn't matter. Right. And if there is culture issues and whatnot, if guys were performing better, it wouldn't, that part would take care of itself, right? Like ultimately, that fumble that Armstrong had against Louisville has convinced me that, like, it's just this team simply cannot get out of its own way. And so, in, in order to, to basically make sure that that doesn't happen, they've got to execute. They've just got to execute at a higher level. And I know that that sounds like some hashtag analysis kind of stuff. But, like, I think that's the long and short of it. And I'm not sure if Georgia Tech's the right team that you want to be catching right now. Um, now, certainly if, if Jeff Sims can't go or if he's limited, that kind of changes the equation a little bit. Um, but between b- between what I've seen so far, Dave, from UVA, and certainly what we've seen from Georgia Tech once the, um, uh, the Jeff Collins era ended, um, which I guess, I mean, hell, at this point, Every team's going to fire their coach when they know it's time because it seems like most of the most of the teams that are doing that lately, you know, some good stuff is happening for them. Um, you you kind of touched on this a little bit in your cheers, fears, and beers, but I kind of want to I kind of want to I don't know start the conversation about this in terms of like where we all are now, having had a week away from Virginia playing a football game. Because um, I personally, I am I am I have zero confidence going into this game. I like negative confidence if that's possible what's your general i don't know feel um going into tomorrow night oh so it's this this game is weird because before i started digging into georgia tech i took a bye week too um i was starting to get some more confidence because i'd done a lot of looking back at virginia and you know you can argue all you want and you might be right but i'm gonna stay on my side i think virginia this year isn't much different than Virginia last year. It's just the way they're losing is flipped. You know, last year, anytime the defense had one bad play, it became 20. This year, it's the offense doing the same thing. Um, and they just have happened to play a tougher schedule so far um, and didn't get any breaks, you know, Louisville, Miami last year. So I was feeling a little better as I kind of watched the games over and again, and especially watching the Louisville game. Like, there's some things – clicking offensively that weren't there before a little more chemistry. Um, but again, it's a team that's, I'd say it's got a fragile ego and they make a mistake and they start pressing and they make more. Um, so yeah, I had gotten more confident and then I started watching some Georgia tech and, uh, they're pretty good. You know, Ferber, I think you know, he'll, he'll take his victory lap for having predicted. I, w- I wasn't going to, I wasn't going to say anything. This is okay. Look, listen. Hey, All right, wait, pause. Anything. This is not okay. Yeah, zero percent chance. You were gonna lay that in there at the end. No, I really know. wasn't gonna say anything. <laughs> uh, I wasn't okay. Say anything. Right. Anyway, Dave, please continue. Do not do not buy this nonsense. <laughs> yeah. Um, but Georgia Tech's good. Like, I mean, obviously they fired Collins and they're playing. You know, they're playing better. But it's never been. I mean, I wrote. It's never been a talent issue with those guys. I, I think it was the athletic who did that piece early in the year. And Georgia Tech was like fourth or fifth in the conference in um, talent on the roster from a recruiting rankings perspective. And at times, you can see it. They're three and three this year, but they've lost to Ole Miss, Clemson, and UCF. Um, That's not bad. They've beaten Pitt, Duke, and like Western Carolina. So they're pretty good. So I would say my confidence level isn't as high as it was um, Friday before I started looking into Georgia Tech over the weekend. But I don't think it's a I don't much like every game on the schedule for Virginia. I don't think there's a team out there that you know, team on the schedule that's absolutely more talented and presents a unwinnable um challenge. But Virginia will have to play 
in a way we haven't seen them all year, which is clean football, um, you know, both sides of the ball. For I don't know, I, I'm curious to get your point of view on this. I don't know if I would say that I need them to 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 play clean to win it. I think what they need to do is they have to have stretches, right? Where if it's not clean, at least they're executing at a much higher level. And I think that's probably the biggest issue I have. It's not necessarily that they haven't scored points. It's not necessarily that they've looked clunky, blah, blah, blah. It is that they just have not executed for strings. And I'm not saying they need to be perfect. Um, but I just think they need to, to be able to string some good stuff together. Like, when's the last time you can remember like two good plays in a row where a guy like really made a play? Either because Brennan really put it on a guy or he helped him out by making a tough catch, or so and so picked up a, a great, um, you know, a, a great block on, on the on the on the blitz package or whatever. Like, I just don't, I just have not seen them execute at a high enough level with any consistency. So it's not even to me like I think they can still make mistakes and win this game. Um, I think they can still make a lot of mistakes and win this game. But I think the thing that has to happen in, especially before some of those mistakes, right, is they gotta they gotta put some stuff together and see it go in the hole so to speak right like I feel like they've got to they've got to put it out there so that they know they can do it before they can ever sort of get close to even thinking about like four quarters of a game and stuff do you feel like they have to play clean in this game or do you feel like it comes down to executing at the right times I think it's more about execution um I think like that's the biggest issue right now is just like you said they haven't been able to kind of string things together um you know, they, they got the good start against Louisville and that's, that's great. Um, but they weren't able to sustain it. You know, once they got to 10, nothing, they had the fumble. And then we, as we talked about after that game, you know, they got the ball back and then they just couldn't do anything with it. And if you look at their losses, um, and really, frankly, even the ODU win, um, one of the trends that you kind of see is like, they might have like a good quarter, or so or maybe even like an okay half but then like they in every one of those games they've had like a half where they scored like seven points or fewer including uh a zero point half at illinois after a three point half uh a zero at syracuse a seven at duke and a seven against louisville and i believe a six against odu in the second half so i mean like that kind of speaks to even if you're not consistent you should be able to string like two scores together against right. like most teams right. that you play. It's not like they're playing, you know, a, I would say Alabama, but they just gave up 52 points. Um, but, you know, like I think given a level of competition, I would expect them to be able to execute at least at like an average or mediocre level. Um, and that's what they need to do. Like there's no, I mean, this isn't rocket science, but like the team that we've seen from UVA, and and this is where I'll kind of like, disagree a little bit with what Dave was saying. I don't think, I think I understand where you were coming from, but like my biggest thing is like, they're not, they haven't been particularly close except for the Syracuse game. And, and I would say Syracuse had something to do with that. And that was their best defensive effort as well. EBAs um, like they, you know, they weren't close against Duke. They weren't really close against Louisville after the good start. Um, they weren't really close against Illinois and, you know, ODU they won, but, whatever um so i mean like i feel like that's they're they're not like i and that's kind of maybe the most like concerning thing for me going into the second half of the season you know if they came up short in a couple of these games you know like by a couple points and obviously they did at syracuse um if they were consistently doing that or like hey may, they just made one too many mistakes i'd be like all right but I think this UVA team has to be like a, a very different team in the second half of the season if they're going to win games. And that can happen. We see teams do that. Um, you know, one example I would point to is Illinois last year, right? I mean, when they came to Charlottesville, they couldn't do anything right. They couldn't score. They couldn't stop. And by the end of the season, they had beaten two ranked teams. They had kind of figured out what they could do on offense and, like, maximize that, and their defense got a lot better. Um, and they were they only went five and seven, but – the improvement was there. And obviously that has sort of translated over to this year in some way. Um, Cause they're six and one. So, I mean, I think if they can make the improvements they need to make, they can win some games, but like, and I don't think anybody would argue this, but like the, if the team that we've seen in the first six games comes out in the last six games, they're going to go three and nine or worse. Right. So. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I want to drill into something. So, 
I feel like if we look back at last year, I think the 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 way people remember it, and I'm probably as as guilty of this as anybody else, but we tend to think about it as like, man, they were like a hot knife through butter always. They weren't, right? Like there were times in the game where they yeah. were a hot knife through butter, and then all of a sudden it would just get clunky out of nowhere. They were like a microwave. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Turn the, off you know, and on. It, it, exactly. It would heat up real fast, and it would be really hot. Like you, you sh- probably shouldn't touch that with your actual human fingers. And then all of a sudden, like man, and now this they're thing literally is... just not touching the ball. Exactly. And it's <laughs> and it, and so like what I'm what I'm curious about is like kind of you remember like when when they flipped the switch in like what was that 2019, um, and the, all of a sudden. Um, the defense wasn't as good anymore and it was all offense and they sort of just kind of did that right when they, yeah, when they like let Carolina. Bryce start running finally. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Right. It was yep. that Carolina game, right. Where all of a sudden yep. it was like, Oh man, but defense is terrible and the offense is good again. Like what is happening? Um, I, I'm not saying that they're necessarily going to have one of those moments or that they need to have one of those moments. Cause the defense has absolutely been better than the offense this year, but that has a lot more to do with the offense. Like that just, that doesn't say a whole lot about the defense because the offense has been, so inconsistent. I, I I tend to come down on the side of um, I'm not saying that they need to throw the ball more. Um, I, granted, you know what they did against Louisville was much more about Louisville. I think Louisville was just very good at did a really nice job at least that day of kind of shutting down the run game. And I felt like UVA just didn't really have much of an option, didn't really have much of a counter, right? And I, I do think that there is some utility in kind of letting Brennan kind of cook a little bit um, in the sense that like, I do think that historically speaking, he's, he, I think he has had nice games when he's been able to throw the ball um, a lot. I, I don't think they, they necessarily have to be the same route um, as we've seen kind of earlier this season. Um, but I just don't know if you, if you can really hand the keys over and just say, just throw the, throw us out of this. Right. I feel like they have to have some semblance of balance. All right. Well, if that's going to be the case, um, I think that they the, the the passing game is it comes down to not just execution, but I also think like guys can't. I think there's a hesitancy right now. It's like this weird place where guys are like both pressing and also sort of hesitant. Um, and I'm not a big you know I've never been a real big body police guy, but man, you look at those dudes sometimes and you can just kind of see it, you know. So I kind of I, I I think of it in terms of. You're right. There definitely have been teams who kind of come out in the second half of seasons and sort of become who they were meant to be. Um, for for this one, I, I do think we make if we if we expect them to come out and all of a sudden be last year. Really, what I would like to see is just some consistency um, all on offense, just some you know execution, right? So like you can so like for example, like what has worked for them has not consistently worked more than once. It feels like right, like when they have good moments, they're not able to do that again. Right, a lot of it seems really spotty, um, except for earlier in the year the running game worked a little bit, and so I I, I kind of look at this game tomorrow night and I think, well, if the offense is going to do something, what's it going to look like, right? And I don't know because I haven't seen them do it. I I don't think I've seen them consistent have any consistency offensively, um, and I I mean I don't want to make it sound too simplistic, Dave, but it it really does feel like five has to play better. Like five has to 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 be the one who really writes the ship, and is that fair? Probably not. But you know what? Like that's just the way. That's the way college football especially works. Um, but it's definitely the way this team is going to have to work, at least in my opinion. Yeah, I me mean, hundred percent has to play better. Um, you know, he's there's wide there's open wide receivers he's missed. You know, he's made he's played decent, but you know, I mean, not great by any you know any stretch of the imagination. Um, you know, just talking from a, you know, finding the open receiver and making the right pass, but you couple that with turnovers and it's been a bad year. Um, you can't do that. Like, I mean, even the Louisville game, like if that, if that drive where he fumbles just ends up being a long field goal, that's a Virginia's in a much better spot. Um, you know, what's the old cliche, like and every, every drive with a kick and that's just not happening enough. You know, and he does, you know, body language between of Brennan and the receivers. There's been times this year when it's just, it, it's clear they're frustrated. And then once you see that everything starts unwinding, um, hopefully, hopefully they, you know, got a chance to go back over the bye week and, and kind of see that stuff. Um, you know, KT was on the coaches show last night. Um, and he talked about, you know, and Tony was, you know, kind of bringing it up too how hard he was on him because, 
you know, basically last year is a lot of freelancing and the wide receivers were getting open because they had a little more Tom and, you know, out of scheme. And this year, you know, they're expecting them to be more precise and that kind of thing. Um, and I get it. Like it, it's a different offense. And I, I get what Tony was saying last night. Like, you know, if you, if you want to go to the league, um, you know, there's only 50, 53 spots on the roster. They're not going to teach you to run this stuff. You got to be able to do it. So that's what I'm doing with these guys. And, think some have just taken a little longer um the talent's there i think but when you know if, if you've got receivers that are 100 sure and a quarterback who's not 100 sure it, it leads to what you've seen um very short moments of you know, of success um and then periods of a lot of three and outs too you know it's it's not just that you know there's drives that stall there's a lot of three and outs which is starting to weigh on the defense um but yeah, I'm hopeful it can get better. The talent, like I said, the talent's there. I think the scheme is fine. It's just not being executed well. Um, so I'll, I'll stick to that because it's hard. You know, you can argue, like, I don't – if you don't like the scheme, that's fine. But the scheme is getting guys open. They're just not either catching the ball or the ball's not being thrown to them. Um, I am a little concerned from what I saw from in the Louisville game with as far as the run game goes. Um you know, I think early in the year we had some run success because teams weren't sure we were going to try to run the ball. And as soon as Virginia showed they would, I think teams have discovered, hey, the way the receivers are playing, we can leave another guy in the box and be okay. Um, so it, it's up to the offense to kind of get them to back off. And if they can have some success, whether that's on the ground against a loaded box or in the air against, you know, a little bit less coverage, it, it's going to help open up the the other aspect of the offense. Um Will it happen? We, I don't know. I mean, we're six games in. At some point, yeah. you know, at some point it's got to happen or it doesn't. Yeah. Um, but, I mean, if there's one thing I would like to see from this point forward, the offense, and I'm pretty sure we've talked about it on the podcast, I think Brennan's got to become a weapon with his feet. Like, I agree. You know, you've got you've to dial up more run plays. I know you don't want him to take hits. Like, it's up to him to get down. But he, he's got to be more of a threat with his feet. Because um, yeah. I think – not only does it, do I think it makes the offense better, I just think ever, having watched Brendan for a few years now, like he gets lathered up when he gets hit a few times. Um, and, and so we haven't seen enough of that. Yeah, Ferber, it seems like this might be the first time in a while where they've got to they've got to figure out how to use um, <laughs> Keaton Trickbag Thompson and Billy Kemp at the same time. Um, now, I'm not saying that. You know, Matt certainly haven't heard that Billy is definitely good to go and all that fun stuff. But I'm just saying from an expectation standpoint, we still have yet to see them be able to use both these guys with any sort of regularity where they have where they have shown any sort of like comfort. And what I mean by that is, is that like it tends to I mean, I don't know. Billy has been sort of off and on the field a lot this year. Right. So Thompson has been the, the guy who primarily, you know, did a lot of that work inside. But it it, it, it kind of concerns me that they aren't able to use those dudes in a way that sort of play off each other or to complement each other uh, in the sense of like, they are two pretty decent weapons and yes, there are some overlap in their skill sets, but I feel like they've got to figure they, that's a, I think that is a really good microcosm of sort of the, the issues that plague this offense, which is a sense of like, like they can't figure out how to use these two pieces with any sort of regularity or consistency um together right it's either one or the other um and i i think that's a i I've, i have long thought that's a problem i'm curious if that if do you feel like that's a part of the solution or is that just a red herring i guess we'll see i mean i to be to be fair i don't think we've seen enough of them together to really say that like they only played together in the first two games and then billy was out the next two and then got hurt against duke in the, like the first quarter um but yeah, I mean, I think like with, I think it kind of does speak to the overall like, um, the especially like pre-snap things you can do to kind of like make things a little easier on your quarterback. Um, you know, Billy was listed as an H back last year because he lined up in the backfield a lot, was in motion a lot. Um, obviously, we know what they've done with Keaton, and it seems like they kind of have tried to figure out ways to get him the ball more. Um, and he's been the most productive player on the offense, I would say, to this point. Um, so that's good. But yeah, I mean, it'll be interesting to see like how they kind of fit those pieces together and how they use Billy in general, just because he's sort of a one-off in terms of what you 
have from a skill set standpoint among your receivers. You've got two guys that you're kind of counting on to make plays down the field that, you know, need to do some work in that regard. And and you you hope that Billy and Keaton and even Demeek can kind of make some plays, you know, across the face of the quarterback at the line of scrimmage in the flat, you know, easy completions, collect five yards, get ahead of the sticks, do your thing from there. Um, so we'll see how they can kind of put that together. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think like the bye week will tell us a lot. I'm excited to see how the game goes tomorrow, just because I think it'll tell us a lot about, um, you know, where the staff feels like they are, like what changes they need to make, if any, um, or like, is it simply just refining what you're doing? And again, the one thing I will say is like, we don't have access to three of us to the all 22. So like, they're going to have way more information about, and we don't know the play calls all the time. So, you know, they're going to have way more information than we would about where things are breaking down. Um, unfortunately, I mean, not to say that this is, makes the problem unfixable, but I feel like the, um, there's not like one specific problem with the offense. There's a bunch of fixable things that like, they all need to sort of be fixed at once for them to be really good. But ultimately like, if the defense can play well in the second half of the season, what you need from the offense is to be average to below average. Um, I'm talking like three touchdowns a game, 21, 24 points. Those, that's what like pretty bad offenses do um, or like mediocre college offenses. What they've done to this point against FCS or FBS competition has been poor. Like they've just been poor. I mean, they haven't, They've hit 20 points in one of those games out of five, and one of those was ODU. Um, and the others weren't exactly a murderer's row of defenses, you know. So I think, like, show me that you can figure out a way to get to 24-ish points. And if, if the defense kind of lets you down in a few games, so be it. I just kind of want to see that improvement and the evolution, you know, kind of the things you're talking about with, like, how do you scheme guys open? How do you make things easier pre-snap? How do you kind of keep the chains moving, put multiple drives together and so on. But as far as like Billy and Keaton together, I think we just need a bigger sample size to kind of understand how they want that to work. But it's pretty clear from what we saw that it wasn't working great before because yeah, nothing was. <laughs> I was going to say, I wanted to add one thing. Um, you know, obviously we had the weekend off to watch other football and mm-hmm. you know, it's really relaxing when your team doesn't have a chance to lose. Um, and it was a great week for a bye too. Great week. A lot of good football. Um, but obviously we got this chance to see Clemson play and it made me kind of dig down and look a little more into them, you know, like we had done before. And it's like, if there's one, I think Ferber and I talked about this. Um, I talked to so many people on Saturday, but um, I'm pr- if there's one glaring difference between, you know, what we're seeing in this off our offense versus what we expected, I think it's, you know, other than the offensive line, you know, being young, it's the use use of the tight end tight end as an H back. You know, Clemson does it so well. And I don't know why we're not, because I think Mish has some ability to do that. Um, I think you maybe saw a little more of it against Louisville, but to me, that's the missing component. And maybe it's because like when you look at all the receiver options with Lavelle and Wicks and KT and Billy, it's hard to keep one of them off the field to have, you know, Mish and a running back every play, but the way Clemson uses that H back, like if Virginia can, if it's not Mish, if it's not Wood, if you know, hopefully it's Gay or Rawlings, that position, to me, unlocking that with a player that can do what the Clemson tight ends do, makes it the offense just so much more diverse because that guy is a pass catcher. He's a he's a motion guy. He, you know, he's a it, he's it's a, a tendency protector. breaker too because it kind of like shows a one look at the line and then the he can cross the line and block and you know, break tendency in the running game. Yeah. 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 I mean, I feel, feel like that's really missing from this offense and hopefully like maybe the, maybe the coaches realize it too with time to look at and look at six games of film. But my, my guess is they've realized it before now and they just yeah. don't think Mish can do all those roles. Yeah. That was my assumption when I wrote the thing, I was kind of like, I don't know if they're going to do this because I don't know if they feel like they have the guys, but I mean, we'll see. I felt like at the end of the Louisville game, one of the one of the reasons they were able to sort of do what they did, I thought, was because they were doing more with that. I, I mentioned this, uh, Kelly Quinlan, my buddy f- who runs uh, the Georgia Tech site, 
reached out and wanted to do a five questions thing. And, and I mentioned this in that, in that piece with him is like, you know, what the offense that we've seen so far this year is not the off it's, it's, it, it, I guess there are some elements and pieces, but it's not to me at least. It's not close enough that I would say it's the same as what we kind of expected to see. At least in the sense of like what, like what we thought the offense would look like based on Tony's past, right? So like the the use of the tight end, the use of that H back, um, it just has not been that, and I understand why. Um, and I think that sort of goes to the whole last year thing. I think they whether it was intentional from the start or whether it was intentional once it became a necessary requirement, like they ultimately, I think did shade things a little bit more towards doing some stuff that these guys did. They just do it in a different way. And I, I think ultimately, like, I'm not saying that like, you know, Grant, Grant's going to be like the dude who, you know, he's a secret to unlocking the season, but I do think they have to do more with that position um, than they've done. And if you, if you're just picking your spots, that's fine. If it's a personnel thing, that's fine too. But you, there, there's, there's enough workable talent on the roster that you should be able to get something from that position more than what we've seen through the first half of the season. Um, let's talk a little bit about, before we get to predictions, let's talk a little bit about Georgia tech. Obviously, you know, when Ferber picked Georgia tech to win this game, I really don't want to go back and revisit how incredulous Dave and I were about this. Um, me, me, uh, in particular, um, I don't think that you, when you picked it Ferber, you didn't expect that Collins would have been fired, but I don't know if you necessarily considered that as a problem. It's or... funny that you mentioned that. Cause I went back to oh, see, wow. I wanted to see how bad it was, like how much abuse I got. Cause I was going to decide whether I was going to bring it up. Oh, it you wasn't that bring it up, but you went back. Okay. I did. Yeah. I did go back. I, I just wanted to see how bad Brad crushed me after I did it. And it was pretty bad, but I, I literally was not going to say anything about it. Um, oh, man. but I did mention in there that I was like this team, I thought, and cause Dave before me had basically been like, this team's going to maybe be done by then. Like they might've given up. And I said the same thing. I was like, they might, but I was like, they might've also fired their coach. And then, you know, gotten a resurgence or whatever. But honestly, the pick was more about where I thought UVA was in relation to Georgia Tech. Um, and I think your picks were, were made similarly. Um, and I didn't think Georgia Tech was going to be good. And I still don't think they're that good. Um, you know, they, they the win at Pitt surprised me. The win against Duke, like, I think Duke's still a work in progress. Um, and they're not bad. I mean, they've clearly kind of been better. But, I mean... And they have three, like Dave said, three brutal losses against a tough schedule. But they were those games were all blowouts. Um, so I mean, we'll see where they are. But yeah, it wasn't like a pick where I was like, "Oh, Georgia Tech's going to be better than people think." It was more like UVA is going to be pretty average, and average teams lose on the road. So, folks, what we've learned here this evening is that Ferber is very good at prognostication, especially when it comes to things surrounding Georgia Tech football. Because... I'm not that good at prognostications. <laughs> He's got a very specific lane. It's very much leading to Bobby Dodd Stadium. I can't believe that you called the, that you said the thing about that. Hey, you know what? He might have already been fired by now. That's great. Um, well, I think we were all kind of thinking that because if you look at their schedule, it was just horrible. Like I, I remember I mean, our discussions I, being like, "Are they trying to get him fired?" Yeah, no, yeah, really, yeah, yeah, that's true. Um, I, I mean, I feel bad, and and some like I'm not. I, I never want to like you know, enjoy, you know, when these coaching changes happen and that kind of stuff. But I do feel like that was one of the most like telegraphed, you know, like everybody sort of knew. I mean, it, it, it felt a lot like Mike London from several. I'm years always ago, fascinated but, though, about like why that week, you know right, what I mean? Yeah. Why now they lost right. to Ole Miss 42 to nothing at home. Right. Then he keeps his job another week. Then they go to UCF and lose 27 to 10. And they're like, you know what? That's it can't do it anymore 42 nothing we'll take that but we're going to give him a chance to win at ucf and if he wins at ucf then we'll keep him it's like what they had a home game after the ucf loss right they went to pit oh they won. went to pit oh gosh but then they had duke at home okay mm -hmm. yep so i mean look 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 i, I still it kind of blows my mind that like louisville was gonna fire i mean like you know you kind of got to take some of this with a a grain of salt, but like the whole, like if, you know, if they had lost to, to UVA, yeah. they, they were going to fire him. And I mean, like, so and now, now they're favored against Pitt this weekend, right? Which what is the, just what wild. World are we living again? Yeah. That's very wild. Um, so, all right. So Georgia tech, I mean, realistically, we don't know the, the word is that Sims is day to day. 
Um, I bet he plays. Um, yeah, the short I, week, just, I, mean, I was doing yeah. some digging while we were podcasting here, and it looks like he's – some people say he's practiced this week. Um, look, Virginia should be just – we should probably wish for him to play because backups don't do much better for us. Yeah, I'm going to – while we're while we're talking, I'm going to text Kelly and see if what he's heard. Um, in the meantime, Ferber, tell me a little bit more about the matchup in general. Um, and what concerns you so much about, uh, from the UVA point of view, what what concerns you uh, about Georgia Tech? What concerns me the most, to be honest with you, I mean, it, uh, we can talk about Georgia Tech, is UVA. Like, is UVA going to be able to play better? Because if they can't, then they're going to lose to pretty much anybody, especially on the road. It's not um, but yeah, I mean, as far as like Georgia Tech is concerned, I mean, there I looked at their stats just now. Their backup quarterbacks have not played like at all, so we don't really know a, a whole lot about them. Um, it looks like there's just one because the other one was a receiver throwing a pass. Sims is is pretty good. Um, I don't really understand where all of this all of a sudden he's like being treated like he's amazing is coming from. Like I don't think he's bad. I think he's solid, but I don't think he's like. I mean, his he's at a 58 percent completion percentage, five touchdowns, two picks. Like he's fine. Like he's pretty good, but it's not like he's going to go out and like, if you have a good defense, he, he shouldn't be like an unstoppable player for you. He's just decent. Um, they have some pretty good receivers. I think like, you know, some guys that can make big plays um, on defense, you know, they have the one guy, the linebacker, that's pretty good. Ely. Um, I guess that's how you say his name. Um, he's had a, a monster season. So yeah, I Ely mean, is a conference in tackles per game. Yeah, and he's got like three fumbles forced and three and a half sacks. Um, so he's a good player. They usually have some some pretty good DBs. I know last year UVA kind of got after them, um, but you know, obviously, a completely different year. I thought Didn't it was kind of that game in the third, late in the third quarter, or into the third quarter last year. Yeah, if I remember correctly, last year Georgia Tech got up to like a quick lead, like ten nothing or something, and then UVA scored like thirty four points in a row, and then Georgia Tech randomly made it close at the end because they scored like three times in a row or something. I'll look it up and not interrupt you again. And they Go got ahead. remember because they kept getting the onside kicks. Yeah, but I think UVA had the game like pretty much in hand, and then they kind of like gave it back. Right. Um. But yeah, and Jameer Gibbs obviously made a few big plays. I think he had like a long touchdown. Um. But, yeah, I mean, I think Sims is a solid player. He can run, um, you know, so that's another thing you'll have to deal with. But um, they've certainly had enough time to prepare for this Georgia Tech team. And even in their two wins, um, it's not like they all of a sudden have this, like, offense, this transcendent offense that's, like, running people off the field. They scored, like, 26 points at Pitt in, like, a game that I think had a bunch of turnovers. And then um, the Duke game, they scored 20 in overtime or 23. I can't remember what it was. Um, but, yeah, I mean, like, I think this is a beatable team still. I think the the problem is they seem to be kind of headed in the right direction from a mental standpoint. They're at home. Um, and honestly, if UVA brings the offense that we've seen to this point in the season, you know, I just talked about Georgia Tech scoring in the 20s. You know, they're that's their high watermark for the season against – I mean, they scored 35 points against Western Carolina. Other than that, it's like 10 points, 0 points, 10 points, 26 points, 23 points. But if UVA can't get past 16, 17 points, like that's all they need. Um, so that'll be, you know, something to watch is just can UVA get into the 20s? Because I think I think this is a game that if UVA can get past 24 points, they're probably winning it. Um, but I, I just don't know if they're going to be able to do that. I also thought, and I did want to kind of shout this out, Georgia Tech, did you guys know in their first four games they had four punts blocked? That's random. Yeah, uh, man. Yeah, their special teams are terrible. That's a that's that's like hor yeah. like historically bad. But apparently, in the two games since they fired Jeff Collins, they haven't had any blocked. So well, well clearly, you know, hot hot well, off the presses here. Hold on, real time follow up. Um, yeah. So apparently, the expectation is that Sims will play. Uh, he would have actually gone back in the Duke game. Um, he was loo loosening up when Duke missed a field goal in OT. Um, he, Kelly also told me that. Uh, he expects that Georgia Tech will have um, their basically have their three uh, offensive linemen and their second best wide receiver back. I guess two of their offensive linemen got hurt in the Duke game, and one other one was a starter who was out because of a death in the family. So basically, they're they're expecting to be back to full strength is is the gist of of what I'm being told. So take that for what it for what it's worth. Yeah, 
Just last year's game, I just looked it up. Virginia actually, it was 27 24 Virginia with six minutes left in the third quarter. Um, then UVA scored one, two, three straight touchdowns over the next 10 minutes, basically. And then Georgia Tech scored two touchdowns in the last minute 16 (laughs) to to make it 48 40. Fun. Got the ball Uh, back again. Yeah. Yeah. And then, yeah, Sims threw for 300, rushed for 65. Gibbs had a big game. Um, and that's think. UVA's last ACC win. Yeah, Brennan threw for three ninety six. Oh, remember those that, days? That was basically that was basically like the uh, the George Costanza like walk off. They should have just walked off the season right there because it was like all just down from there. Because <laughs> then yeah. there was they only went one to BYU and lost, game. and Brennan got was... hurt, and then <laughs> and then it just kind of yeah. spiraled. It did. Yeah, I was like, I was going to talk about bye weeks in my uh, piece for this week, and. And I realized, like, oh, yeah, last year during the bye week, Brennan was trying to hill up. and you know, um, Yeah, we're, so like, man, sending man. scouts down to McHugh to see if anybody can see from a distance if he's out there. And we didn't actually do that, but, you know, we thought about it. Yeah. But, yeah, what a, what a weird situation we're in now. Like, even, like, a <laughs> Brennan with, like, a broken rib or whatever was, like, still throwing for, like, a lot of yards and points. Yeah, <laughs> so. yeah it just sucks. I mean, I mentioned it in, you know, I may have mentioned it last week too. I've certainly mentioned it in the CFB this week, but it just, it's just crazy how much the narrative would have been different. Um, if Virginia was three and three versus two and four, because mm-hmm. Syracuse, Illinois and Duke too. are just Syracuse and Illinois. I don't think you can argue they're having spectacular seasons. Um, yeah. And Duke, you can argue like, you know, it's no shame. Like they almost beat Carolina too. Um, Duke is much better than people thought. Clearly. Yeah. I mean, I didn't think they were going to win four games. The coastal is what the coastal is. Like, um, but yeah, I think you could make an easy case. Like, if they were three and three, it's like, well, for one, scheme change. Two, early season road games. Three, all these games are on the road, and all these teams are pretty good. Two of them are ranked, and one of them you lost by two. So it's like, and then it's like, if you beat Louisville, you could make a case that they sort of took care of business in a game they should have won against the backup quarterback. And then the other three games were just like tough road games. And they actually were much better than the scoreboard showed against ODU. And you go into the bye and it's like, if you can go three and three again, you go to a bowl and that's okay. And, you know, think, but then like when you lose a game like that Louisville game, you kind of have to go back to the narrative that it's like, Oh, the pro there's still like huge problems, regardless of the fact that Syracuse and Illinois are better than we thought. Yep. Um, you guys want to talk picks? Yeah, sure. we should probably do that. That's what. That's what. <laughs> let's go. To, let's go to the preseason picks. No. <laughs> you remember a minute ago, or like forty minutes ago, I changed when he was my like, mind when he was like, "We're not really going to talk about this," and that was after he claimed to have gone back to see how much. I just, I listen. I was, I was no. What it was, what, honestly, the... I went back because I thought it was pretty bad, and I went, I wanted to see how bad it was because if it was wait, like really bad, I would have been like, I would have definitely brought it up. But honestly, well, you just said that you were the smartest person on the podcast, and Dave was pretty smart, and then I picked Georgia Tech. So we'll just leave it there. <laughs> that was bad. Listen, I was annoying as hell about the whole uh, Lavelle Davis choice a couple years ago. So you know what? I you 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 you. I mean, I don't want to be life. right about this. Like, I know, I know, <laughs> no. <laughs> but and I was wrong what? about. I mean, my my record prediction is obviously going to be much closer. But like, I, I'm still I was still way off on like how they got there. I thought their offense would be pretty good and their defense would be average to below average. But their offense would be a little worse. And yeah, that would they'll have to average difference. like seventy points a game the rest of the way to get to where the average I had them. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah, I'm I am I am I am scared of the prop bets at the end of the year. I've looked at fighting. it. It's it's too early to really like say on a lot of them. But yeah. yeah. All right. Dave in the preseason, you had Georgia Tech losing this game twenty four seven. Um yeah. I'm going to guess it maybe hey, that might actually be the right score. <laughs> <laughs> could be. How you feeling? Um, I, mean, I haven't, I don't, I haven't picked Virginia to lose all year. You know that? Um, but I, I'm going to have to this time. Cause I got to at least change up the mojo. Um, now look, I, I think for Virginia to win this one, Justin's right. Like I think probably need to score 21, 24, maybe 27 points. Um, you know, I expect Georgia tech will have a decent crowd. There'll be a little momentum there. Um, now Virginia does have a bunch of Atlanta boys on the team. There's going to be, you know, a homecoming of sorts. Um, 
we could we could run them off but there's a bunch of boys from you know starting with number six and uh so a homecoming for several guys but look i, I think despite the buy and everything I, I can't i can't pick virginia to win this one but i do think it'll be a close game um hopefully virginia has at least a chance to win it in the end and i'm not spending the entire second half like trying to figure out how i'm going to motivate myself to move forward um so I'm going to say Georgia Tech wins this one, 26 to 21. 26 to 21. All right, Ferber. Uh, I don't know what you picked in the preseason. You're going to have to remind <laughs> me, I guess. I don't know. I don't know. I don't, I don't, I don't remember either. <laughs> I don't know what the score was. They had it pretty close. Probably too many points. Uh, let's see. What was it? Uh, 31-28. Yeah, if there's a three in there, it's probably too high. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, I, I kind of think the margin's about right. I do think, I mean, like, despite all the things, you know, it, I'm not going to sit here every single week and be like, UVA can win this game. Like, I mean, obviously any team can win a game. But, like, I'll stop saying that if they lose this one, you know, for the next four. But I do think they could win this game. I mean, I think Georgia Tech has been better. But I don't think Georgia Tech is as good as the other teams that UVA has lost to for the most part. Um, Louisville may be the exception to that just because they were playing with their backup quarterback and they had all the issues the week before at Boston College. Um, both teams coming off a bye, so that's kind of like a, a wash. Um, I, I think maybe going on the road after the bye is a good thing for this team. And, and Dave mentioned like Atlanta, you know, obviously. And, and a lot of those guys like Nick even, you know, he's a veteran player. He's never played there to my knowledge. Right. Um, because they didn't play there in 2020. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think this will be interesting. It'll be kind of a litmus test to see, I think where the team is mentally, we'll learn a lot, you know, like if they come out and, and they look like a much more competent team and they play kind of like they did in that second half against Syracuse, even though it might not be pretty all the time, I'll feel a lot better about where things are headed with four home games coming up. Uh, if they come out and look like the same team that we saw before the buy, then I, I think you have to start to wonder like how many games is this team going to lose and um, what that says about like where things are headed in the off season and, and beyond with like the roster and things like that. But um, I kind of do think they'll play a little better. I'm going to stick with my Georgia tech prediction um, just because that's, I think the more likely outcome I'll go 23, 20. Um, but I am excited to see, you know, what we, what we get from this UVA team tomorrow. I think, it's not the most exciting season and the most exciting game, but like, I think that it's another opportunity for them to kind of like get back on track. And I think a win, just a win in general would be like a huge step forward for this team. Cause it's been a while. Yeah. Uh, in the preseason, I had Virginia winning this thing 47 to 13. I am going to change this to 33, 27, uh, George I was Tech. hoping you would just stick with it. <laughs> <That'd> <laughs> double awesome. down. No, I listen. I I think there's the problem here is twofold. I, I haven't seen UVA do what I know UVA needs to do, and it's hard to pick a team, even coming out of a bye week, when you think there might be an opportunity to fix some stuff. Because let's be real, we all thought going into the season that it wouldn't be as rough uh, a transition, it wouldn't be as rough a, an entry, right, as it has been. So I can't, I can't in good faith you know, if I'm going to pick a game now, again, to echo Ferber's point, like I think that the fact that UVA is, you could say like, well, you know, you wouldn't be surprised because they do have the potential, you know, it's in there somewhere, but you know, to the conversation earlier, like it's, it's half the season in, like if it hasn't shown up yet, I mean, it's hard to think that it's just going to magically do that. Um, that being said, I, I do, you know, I am a little bit curious if they aren't able to get off to a fast start, how quickly, the thing starts to fold in. And I don't mean that from the standpoint of they quit. I just mean that from the standpoint of their, their belief in themselves because they are absolutely going to Atlanta with the expectation that this is where it all shifts. Right. And you know, they've been, they've been, you know, clinging to that, you know, they're humans, right? Uh, if it doesn't go well early, it could be bad. I mean, I think that's just a reality that folks need to sort of understand is on the table. That being said, the, the reality that's also on the table is that the you know that the offense could click. It doesn't have to click a whole lot for it to be, you know, pretty decent. Um, because like what they did last year, and I and I, I know we're, we're we're you know not supposed to talk about last year, but like what they did last year was I mean a lot of times they were like, yeah they were they were microwaving it, but man when it was hot it was hot right. 
And so, you know, what they need to do now just to be, even be consistent is there. It's it's like it's only a handful of things at a handful of times. Now, granted, they'd have to do those things consistently, but we're not talking about like, oh, Brendan needs to go out and throw for 450 yards, right? Like if he just did, if they just if they cut their turnovers in half, right? They're a completely different football team, right? If they if if they connected if, if Brendan could connect with Wicks or or Davis, you know, 10 percent more. Right, like they're a completely different football team. We've we've almost flipped the script now. Whereas we used to say about the defense, like they're not that many adjustments away from being even decent, and even that in and of itself would be significant progress. Right? Well, you're kind of talking about that with the offense now. Um, so I mean, it's hard for me to just say, hey, that's going to happen. Um, but at the same time, um, you know, I, I'm very cognizant of the fact that it could. So anyway, give me Georgia Tech. <sighs> And the fact that this is on ESPN and we all have to we all have to live through whatever happens out there being like out there, out there, um, you know. But hey, again, Schrodinger's. What's the what's the Thursday night game in the NFL? <laughs> it can take yeah, that's right. But, it, but even that would have been a Prime, great week for Commanders know? Bears. <laughs> it's uh, New Orleans, Arizona. So it's probably oh, the great. best Thursday night game in a while. But yeah, yeah, yeah. Thursday night games. The only people watching it are the fans of Georgia Tech. The fans of Georgia, <laughs> fans of Virginia, and the fans of Virginia Tech. That's yeah. it. Let's be honest. Yeah, pretty much. I it's think like it when is. you flip unless over you, when you're watching you other teams, teams playing. Yeah. When you're watching other teams play on a Thursday night, like you flip over, you get mad when it's not a close game, right? Yeah. Like unless it's Virginia Tech playing, you're like running up on them. But um, yeah, it it's always weird. I, I don't think it's. Jenny's lost in bigger, <laughs> bigger TV games than this one. Well, I mean, it's just like for me, it's like, oh man, look, UVA. You know, conceivably, UVA could lose badly to a team that fired its coach several weeks ago. You know, like yeah. that's bad, and that's yeah, not and exactly. Coach, the and they game. already lost to a coach that was pre-fired. That was pre-fired, right? They they basically let one guy off the hook, right? And now they're going to help for another week, guy maybe get weeks. the job. You know, <laughs> um, if but, you no. tell, by the way, if you say you're going to fire your coach in the middle of the season. Like Scott Satterfield, he's getting fired at the end of the season. Yeah, he, right? yeah, oh, yeah, he's, he's not sticking around. Yeah. It's you know. you're done. You're just delaying the inevitable. You're, yeah, exactly. It is disappointing we couldn't get the Chris Mack Scott Satterfield back I, to back. The, yeah, get oh. the get the tandem. You know, get the get the get the I, set. I do want to say though that last year UVA kind of I, I can't say turn their season around because they ended up going six and six, but they were two and two, and things were looking pretty bad when they went to Miami last year. Um you know, given yeah. how they had lost their last two games and, <laughs> and their kicker missed a short field goal. Yeah. I remember that. Yeah. I mean, they got out. Yeah. They got out of it, but they did go on a four game winning streak from there. At some um, point, folks, at some point UVA will have a football season where it's really good. And like the games they win are like easy. You know, they're not like nail biters at the end and they win more games than they lose. And it's going to be great. And none of them are going to feel like they almost gave you a, a massive coronary. Like at some point that's going to happen. I don't know when, but at some point, because even if you think about like to that Chris Long team that what remember that year then they won like all those games. Oh, was seven like, was the they set like yeah. a record for most most you know, three point wild. games. Yeah. I mean, if you think about nineteen, even right, like even that season, it was like it, nothing was easy, you know. But I yeah, I mean, even like that Florida State game they won that year was like they had to kind of pull it out late. Yeah, and then the ODU game, they the were ODU down. game, yep, yep, and then of course then obviously were, the tech and then game. they were like four and three or whatever and went on a run or whatever yeah. they were. Yeah, I mean, I think like feels different. I, don't know. I, I think like I, just real quick, you know, we used to do that thing on here where we would like do the newspaper headline. Yeah, like what's the, yeah. what's the story the next day? So yeah, like where do you what do you guys think it is if they win and if they lose? Well, it kind of I guess it's it's a little bit like if they win and it's because like if Brendan has a really nice game, like if he goes like twenty one of twenty eight for three sixty five and three touchdowns or something. Um, it'll be like that, you know, they're back, right? That the, everybody will just jump completely to conclusions. I right? think, I think people could, I think it'll, that's, that's why I asked the question. Cause I feel like people, if they, if they win, they'll be like, Oh, they fixed it during the buy. Like, right. Right <laughs> now. And, but if they win, but it's because and it's ugly and it's like 17 it's like to George 13, <laughs> then it's like, yeah, look, you, you, congratulations, you know? Um, but, but I think so it's, this is definitely one where it's all about now flip side of that is like if they win and they do and their their offense is good in spite of the fact that maybe Brennan's not as sharp right then I'm, I'm not sure what the message will be like if they were if they just like ran all over Georgia Tech right 
ran all over Georgia Tech, scored like 35 points anyway, and Brennan was and Brennan has like a you know a normal pedestrian day, right? I don't know what the I don't know what you take away from that other than you're being you're glad that that your team has a win and you don't have to watch them on Saturday, right? You can sort of like you can have the win going into the weekend knowing you know everything's going to be okay. That's um, the that's the best and worst thing about those Thursday Friday yes, games. Yes, yes, it has a tendency. It's like to you either go them, in, yeah. you either go into the weekend thinking like, all right, we got the win behind us, like I can just watch games and like enjoy it and start thinking you about go in Miami. exile for two days, or you lose it and it's like now I have to just sit here in existential dread until next week. Like, yeah, exactly. Um, you know, I'm, I'm it's cool that they have the four home. I I just think like. I don't think winning this game is going to like dramatically change like the crowds or anything for the next few weeks. But like, I think the vibe would be a lot better going into the Miami game, even with the early kickoff. Agreed. If they would just find a way to win this game, it's like, okay, there's still a lot to play for. There's still five more games four yeah. at home. Like, I'd like to agree with you, but I don't, I, I don't like, I, oh yeah, I don't think it's going to move the needle too much. I just feel no. like things get worse quick if you lose. Yeah, there's a. No, I think win or like lose, the crowd for Miami is the exact same as it would have been. That's probably it's just true. it's just how it feels leading up to it. That's um, fair. I, I was going to say, say like the headline win or lose, like will whether Virginia wins or loses, the newspaper headlines will be better than what I read on message boards the next two weeks. Oh boy, I mean um, it is, and, I, and that, that's just if, if that's you and you want to be Mister Negative, I am talking to you. Like you're doing the program no good, and I'm tired of reading it. <laughs> board moderator, I was going to say, let you board do moderator, it, I'm just tired of reading it. Yeah, just delete the threads, man. <laughs> I'm not that guy. <laughs> Most of the time. Um. All right. I'm going to land the plane here in a second, but I just did want to mention this. So, so I, I think that the only way, the only way you can think that like anything that happens in Atlanta has a positive impact on not just the vibe, but the crowd and all that fun stuff is like Brennan would have to go down there and just be absolutely just out of his gourd. Right. It would just have to be like last year. Probably. Yeah. It, it, not, and I think it would have to be even better than that. I mean, I think they'd have to hang like 45 points on them. Right. I mean, you're talking like, you know, 30 31 for 35 or some nonsense right for like 450 yards and four touchdowns or some nonsense like i think they'd have to really pour it on and i do think that because of last year i do think in in some ways like this this whole season it's like you know how sometimes you go to a game and you're sort of like the crowd is like waiting for something to cheer for they like know they're supposed to be ready to cheer that the team won't give them anything like i feel like that's been this whole season Right. Fans have been just waiting for something good to happen so they can finally like be excited. And I described when they were kind of getting up on on Louisville. Right. Is like a collective sort of sigh of exultation. Right. And what I mean by that is like people were excited, but it was much more of like not just like relief, but like, okay, good. So we can finally feel safe to be excited because they weren't all season long. They just I think folks have been on edge. Right. And it's and it kind of led some of the preseason. Right. That folks were just on edge. This is a game where you could have a little bit of a cathartic experience, right? Where, you know, if the offense comes out, scores a bunch of points, people would legitimately kind of exhale and be like, oh, okay. Um, they would clearly jump to conclusions that it was all fixed and everything's going to be fine. And I'm like, wait a minute, this is a Georgia Tech Dean that literally just fired his coach a few weeks ago. Um, but that being said, like, if they come out of a bye and they crush somebody, especially when they weren't supposed to crush them, that would move the needle to some degree, it, it's not going to get like 10,000 extra people there. No, I don't think but it'll it, affect the crowd at all. I just, but it, I but just it certainly like the could vibe. It, yeah, it, it would <laughs> certainly impact the vibe and maybe bring a couple, a little, a few more people, right? A I few more so. people decide, like, eh, let's, you know, maybe they're back, you know? Um, the plus, it's Miami. And so the, the pessimist of me expects I'll just see people saying, well, I'm glad they went back to last year's offense. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's probably true. All right. Yeah. If you're I'm our, just busting your chops, guys, I appreciate you on the board. <laughs> if you're somebody out there who found the podcast through the website, the aforementioned website with the message board, thank you very much for giving us a listen. If you don't mind, look us up on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, Overcast, or wherever it is that you get your programs. Uh, if you're so inclined to leave us a rating or review, uh, we would appreciate it. Now, if you're somebody who's found the podcast, has not given us a look at the website yet, you can check us out at CavsCorner.com. Let's see. Right now, we got the aforementioned Cheers, Fears, and Beers. We've got uh, Matt's Odds and Ends is up there. A couple of recruiting stories um, from young kids, um, 25, uh, 225s and a 23, the car kid who took his official visit and uh, looks to be making a decision here fairly soon. And we got you with, you know, your typical game prep stuff um, working into Thursday night. And Ferber had that uh, who's prediction piece the other day as well, because that one 
we'll be here before you know it. Um, if you, <laughs> depending on how this thing goes, you might be hearing a lot more basketball talk than you thought. Um, I want to thank My Perfect Franchise for their support of the website and of this program. You can visit MyPerfectFranchise.net for more information on how you can find Freedom Your Next Venture and discover the perfect franchise for you. I want to thank everybody out there supporting the show. And, of course, I want to thank David Ferber, who even graciously of their time, as always, I very much appreciate all that they do. So, for David Spence and Justin Ferber, I'm Brad Franklin, publisher of CavsCorner.com. Thanks for coming out. See you soon. Basketball.